Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very slash-dancing co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Slash-dancing really is (laughs) such a feeling, isn't it, Faith? Yes. Faith, what day is it? It is TV Tuesday. I love TV Tuesday. Me too. We are continuing our season-long watch of the ninth season of FX's award-winning horror anthology series, American Horror Story 1984. So, Faith, I'm going to go ahead and let them know there's going to be spoilers. Of course. There's going to be spoilers here regarding Episode 3, Slash Dance, which premiered on October 2nd, 2019. Consider yourself warned. If you haven't seen the episode, get out. Get out now, (laughs) but come back after you've watched it. (laughs) Right. All right. Here's a quick recap of the latest episode, which was written by James Wong and directed by Mary Wigmore. I like that name, Mary Wigmore. Mm -hmm. That's a cool name. It's different. It's a cool name. She should come party with us. (laughs) So Brooke, Chet, Rita, and Ray are cornered by the Night Stalker, and Ray is attacked when he selfishly separates himself until Chet saves him. While Brooke and Rita run to the parking lot, Ray and Chet follow, but fall into a spiked pit where Chet is injured. Meanwhile, Montana, Xavier, and Trevor are seemingly attacked by Mr. Jingles, only to realize they are a group of imitators who are promptly killed by the real Mr. Jingles. At the parking lot, Brooke attempts to take Rita's car to a phone until Rita drugs her. It is revealed Rita is actually Donna Chambers, a psychology student obsessed with serial killers who helped free Mr. Jingles before kidnapping and assuming the identity of Rita, the nurse hired for Camp Redwood. With Brooke unconscious, Donna drags her away. Montana, Xavier, and Trevor hide from Mr. Jingles and find the real Rita who attempts to escape but is promptly killed by Mr. Jingles. In the pit, Ray reveals he was responsible for the death of a pledge back at his fraternity and came to Camp Redwood to escape the law. Ray leaves Chet for dead and runs into Montana, Xavier, and Trevor, who gives Ray the keys to his motorcycle and orders him and Montana to ride to a phone. Xavier and Trevor find Chet and help him escape before accidentally killing the last remaining imitator. Montana and Ray are ambushed by the Night Stalker, and Ray abandons Montana, only to be decapitated by Mr. Jingles while driving away. Montana and the Night Stalker struggle before kissing, revealing them to be allies. I'd like to thank the great people at Wikipedia for doing my job for me with that recap. (laughs) Featured music in this episode includes If You Leave Me Now by Chicago, The Stroke by Billy Squire, Maneater by Hollow Notes, and Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. Faith, what did you think of the soundtrack to this episode and to the series in general up to this point? I dig it. I like every. I think I like every song so far that they picked, and I'm very picky about '80s songs. <laughs> I I love I love the picks, the choices here. You know, I, we both enjoyed the soundtrack for the third season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has an edge on it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it they just really fit with what they're doing. I, think so. I, I really like it. But uh, yeah, great great music. I mean, you've had Frank Stallone. You know, you've had Frank Stallone and Holland Oates and and Jeopardy by the Greg Kin Band. I feel like I mean, you're really hung up on the Frank Stallone. Oh, I am hung up on the Frank Stallone. <laughs> by the way, there is a documentary coming out called Stallone, Frank that is, that is about his life that won some awards at the uh, 
uh, Venice Beach Film Festival, I believe, and it's supposed to be really great. I follow him on Instagram, and that man is a trip. <laughs> Frank is an absolute trip. So, could imagine. Well, oh yeah, but we're not here to talk about Frank Stallone. Nah. I mean, we should talk about Frank Stallone, but uh, just not tonight. Not tonight. What did you think of Slash Dance, the third episode of 1984? This was probably my favorite episode so far. I feel like it was very intense, like right off the bat, and just kept it kept it up the whole time. <laughs> The word breakneck, breakneck comes to mind, literally, in some, in some cases, breakneck pace. I thought the first episode was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I thought the second episode was okay. Right. It did not turn me off to watching the show. I thought, right. But I thought that that first episode was really good. This was great. This yeah. may have been my favorite episode in the series. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to get into the specifics of the ins and outs of the curveballs that we get thrown in this episode. But my general impression is this. The creative team really understands the tropes, the dynamics, and the limitations of the slasher genre. We're three episodes in, Faith. That's 120 minutes of television. That would be a two-hour feature film in the typical slasher picture, especially from this golden age that they're dealing with. And Faith was the golden age, 78 to 84, Mm -hmm. I believe, Halloween to Elm Street. Those movies usually run about 90 minutes. So if this were a movie, we would have been done by this point, but we're really just getting ramped up. And they're doing that by giving each of our main leads a chance to shine and expand on their backstory through flashbacks, which also introduce the twists and turns. And one thing, and see if you see if you agree with me here, I'm actually kind of amazed that they have this breakneck pace. There's that word again, breakneck. <laughs> breakneck pace going on with the slasher movie homage at Camp Redwood that doesn't lose any steam when we get into the flashbacks. At least it hasn't yet. So, I mean, that's what's been amazing to me. Right. It's like they're, you know, you're following the slasher movie, but then you get these flashbacks, and I never felt like I was losing momentum exactly from from one story to the next right yeah i agree so, <clears throat> so let's do it right. let's start with the member of our blowheads sex fiends and virgins <laughs> that have trekked trekked up to camp redwood to get away from the night stalker and possibly for other reasons that we learned the most about in this episode ray played by deron horton i want to quote my co-host i want to quote faith she texted me while she was watching this episode and I'm quoting her here, Ray is a dick. That was the first message. And the second message was, Ray needs to eat dog shit. Faith, uh-huh. please tell us how you really feel about this character and the journey we take into his backstory. Because I feel like you didn't really cover all the bases there. I, I just, I can't stand him, for starters. I actually haven't liked him. Since we were introduced to him, I don't know what it was about him. And you don't, you still don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just saw him and I was like, there's something about him I do not like. I went back and rewatched the first 30 minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him there either. <laughs> right. It just. And it's not the actor. The actor's, no, I think actor. he's wonderful. It's like, the it's the character. The character. Completely. Yeah. It's just like, no, I, I, there's something about him I don't like. I don't know. He just, he's a dick. That's. <laughs> but he had to die because he has he, all of a, the weed and coke. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but he's a coward. He's left people for dead yes. so many times. I mean, come yes. on. You know. So my notes here on this are Ray is definitely a dick and I would <laughs> concur with you that he needs to eat dog shit. But I think losing his head at the end of the episode might be better for him. And by the way, that was a lovely homage to Friday the 13th, part five, the new beginning 
when Jason takes out the motorcycle riding Junior with a meat cleaver to the neck. That is a wonderful <laughs> scene. Look at me, Mama, I'm on my motorcycle. And Jason just ain't having any of that. Don't exactly. don't don't do that in Jason's woods. Uh, the backstory part with the fraternity hazing really reminds me of something out of a Lois Duncan novel. And we've talked about her quite a bit here mm-hmm. on the show. It's it's like something you would see in I Know What You Did Last Summer or, you know, in a young adult novel, you know. Plus, uh, he's a coward, and we see it through his actions over the course of three episodes. We see it in the flashback sequence, and he dies being a coward, and he had uh-huh. it coming because he's a coward. Well, real quick, did any of uh, Lewis Duncan's books uh, have any circle jerks? <laughs> there was one, apparently, that wasn't published. Yeah. Because that really made me like, what? That was apparently what I Know What You Did Last Summer was really about until the publisher <laughs> publisher told her to change it. Yeah. Exactly. Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prinz had a circle jerk. <laughs> That's right. Um, yes, there is indeed a circle jerk scene in the hazing ritual at there the fraternity. Is. You know, because that's what you do. You know. <laughs> you know, I was not in a fraternity. Uh, I'm curious. Does that go on at fraternities? Right? I would think like, I was one of the same thing. I'm like, is this a real thing? I mean, it's weird. Could, how do you even get? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go off. I'm, I'm going off, off into a tributary here, off of our little All river right. that we're floating down with American <laughs> Horror Story 1984. How do you even begin to have that conversation with your pledges? Like, hey, Mister, I want to join your your fraternity. Uh, you want to be in our fraternity? Yeah, Mister, <laughs> I want to be in your fraternity. All right, first off, I need twenty five hundred dollars from you. You know, <laughs> and second off, you're gonna have to. Why am I talking like Trump? like Trump? Why am I doing? Why am I doing Trump? <laughs> and second off. You're going to have to take his wang in your hand while he takes your wang and you, and you have other guys and you're going to be in a, you're going to be a circle and you're going to be jerking and it's going to be fantabulous and you're going to love it. Like, how do you even begin to have that conversation? You know, like, I don't know. And they're all like so pumped up about they're it. They're very pumped them. up. Yeah. They yeah. got trombones and a marching like... band in there. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Oh, it's just Friday, man. <laughs> oh, here, let me get in on that zip. You know? The guys make way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, I ain't I ain't circle jerk since Wednesday. <laughs> oh man. Seriously though, I think I texted you and I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a circle jerk. I got, dot, dot dot I got a text and you didn't elaborate, so I was going in I was going in cold and it was terrifying. <laughs> so um I think we have established my next question, which are there rules in the slasher genre? Did he deserve what he got? Well, he was bringing the poor Asian kid to a circle jerk, and then he fell off the stairs, and then he threw him, you know, he uh, put him in a car. Yeah, he and made stages a, a crime. Stages scene. a crime, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. he ends up waking up. <laughs> yeah, he got what he deserved. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it was too good for him. I don't think he suffered enough. No. I don't, that's what I think. Um, all right, so moving on. Yeah. That's going to get real in here tonight, I can tell. Let's see. So there seems to be something going on with the camp. We saw in episode two, Mr. Jingles, that the spirit of a dead counselor is on the grounds. The first season, Murder House, featured a plot of land that was the home to ghosts. Do we think Ray is going to come back as a spirit and have some sort of redemptive arc? I don't know. I think he's going to come back as a spirit. What makes you think that? Uh, because he was killed so early in the season. I don't know if it's nine or 12 episodes that we're going with, but mm-hmm. uh, because he was 
killed so early, I think he might show back up. Possibly. I mean, they have that other ghost man right. that they haven't really discussed. Right. So, you know, so. so I think he might pop back up. Possibly. I don't know. Are we going to have a ghost circle jerk? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe him and the uh, porn guy, the uh, the guy from episode two that was spying on, uh, what do they call him? Daddy. I think his uh-huh. name is just Daddy, Daddy. That was spying on Trevor in the showers. Uh, I don't That's know. definitely a person he'd have a circle jerk with. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe they're going to start their own ghost fraternity exactly. with Casper. <laughs> with Casper, I don't. If you're out there, uh, we talked about Mr. Boogity a few weeks ago, and I went off on a tangent about Casper, the friendly ghost. That episode is available wherever podcasts are found. I highly recommend listening to my rant about Casper, and I stand by every word that I say in there. Yeah. All right, so moving on. I don't know how we're going to get through all this tonight, Faith. Uh, we learned something else pretty crucial about one of our blowheads, sex maniacs and virgins at the end of this episode, but we will save it until the end of our episode. We do get a huge curveball twist when it is revealed that Nurse Rita, played by Angelica Ross, is not actually Nurse Rita, but Donna Chambers, a Ph.D. psychology student who has aided Mr. Jingles in his escape from the psychiatric ward because she wants to, quote-unquote, cure serial killers and wants to see him in his natural habitat. Donna has stolen the identity of the real nurse Rita played by Dreamo Walker, best known to television audiences as June Colburn, the girl who lived with the B in apartment 23. What did you think of the reveal of nurse Rita as Donna Chambers? Did you see it come in faith? And do you have any thoughts on where this is going moving forward? I don't actually think I saw that coming. I I figured somebody was involved, but maybe not her. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really expecting it to be her and I like the twist, but I really don't know where it's going to go. Do you think he's going to get her? I I don't know. I think it's going <laughs> to backfire on her. Uh, that's how, that's yeah. what I'm feeling. Now the scene with, uh, Dreama Walker playing the real Rita when she pops up in the, um, uh, rear view mm-hmm. mirror, that little urban legend, you know, the gas station urban mm-hmm. legend tale that was wonderfully done. Oh yeah. That was awesome. Oh yeah. I predicted she was going to be in the car. I watched this with my sister. Yeah. And I was like, she's probably in the back seat. She's oh, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course she is. Absolutely. I, I didn't see it coming. I, I didn't think I. So, okay, forgive me. You know, and if you're out there and you get your panties in a lot over this, you know, get over it. Um, you know, one of the tropes in slasher movies is, you know, the black guy usually gets killed first. The, mm-hmm. the black guy got killed first here. And, you know, so they kill the black guy and you got the black woman. And I thought she was going to actually, you know, be, you know, make it out, you know, be right. one of, you know, uh, be on the more virtuous side of things. You know, with, I say virtuous because of, you know, the whole no sex thing. You know, the, right. you know she's going to be like a good in character and they usually survive. They mm-hmm. make it out on skate. No, no. She's part of the reason for all this, which which kind of threw it on its head, you know, right. and there've been articles written about what I'm talking about. So this is right. not me, you know, you know, I'm not trying to introduce a racial component <laughs> into know, right. this, you know, but that is a trope. And like I said, so they killed uh, Ray <laughs> and when he died, you know, I thought he needed to die because he, he sucks, I don't know. but uh, it did kind of make me chuckle. Cause it's one of the jokes like, Oh, well, you know, the black guy's always the first to go. <laughs> and there he goes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, yeah, it was that was kind of a surprise to me that that they killed him that early and then that she is a, uh, you know, a a villain as it is. Right. You know, I was almost wondering, too, is she really a psychology student? You know, what if she's like, 
I don't know. What if she wants to kill people? I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. I don't know. I feel like there's so much. We still need answers to so many. Yes. Yes. Thank God. We have like nine more episodes to go. So the biggest reveal of this episode is saved for the very end. We find out that Montana, played by Billy Lord, is in cahoots with Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and that they are there to kill her. It is her in parentheses. parentheses, Yes. Or uh, quotations. Uh It is not specified who the her is, and we are led to believe that it is Brooke, played by Emma Roberts. Did you see this one coming, and do you have any idea where this is going? And I want to reiterate this, that I said that um, Billy Lord is channeling her inner truck stop whore in this role of Montana. Mm -hmm. I adore her in this. She wasn't in this episode enough for me, but it was worth it for this at the end. So did you see it coming, and do you know where this is going? I didn't see it coming at all. Did you? (laughs) Absolutely not. No. <laughs> not one bit. I and if she was gonna make out with him, I was like self defense. That's her defense mechanism, you right. know. Like like the chameleon changes colors. Montana just, you know, just goes for it. Right. You know? Right. No, I, I don't know where this is gonna go. I had texted you maybe maybe they're like Satanist or something and because you know, the Night Stalkers always talk about Satan. Yeah. I I, I think uh, she it's Brooke that she's referring to. I yeah, really do. Um, I think she's related in some way to the wedding party that Brooke was involved in. I don't know how. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Episode four. You we'll know. See. We'll see. Um, no, that was that was a nice reveal, and this has been an episode of reveals, which mm-hmm. I think is why we liked it so much because of the twists and the turns, right. and and you getting the twists and the turns, and not taking away from that uh, classic slasher movie that we're that we're watching, you know. Right. In this, so all right, so favorite moments from the episode, uh, I have a list. Mm-hmm. I will go first. Matthew Morrison as Trevor Kirshner for the line "His knife versus my guns," and I would just like to say that Trevor Kirshner. Uh, is my favorite character in this thing. Matthew Morrison is my favorite performance, and I could do with a whole series just on mm-hmm. the porn stash wearing Trevor Kirshner. I think he's amazing. Um, he reminds me of a young Robert Patrick from Terminator Two, and and you know, and so many different movies. But uh, uh, what's some of your favorites, Faith? I like when Ray's head flies off. <laughs> of course, I do. That was a great moment. <laughs> I cheered out loud because I couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand him. Uh, John Carroll Lynch as Mr. Jingles when he comes across the asthmatic copycat out roaming the campgrounds on Jingle Night. Uh, I have here the stillness in his reaction is amazing. I I love that look he gives him. That's also on my list. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. What else do you have? I like the plot twist. That was really some of my favorite stuff. Just all the little twists and turns throughout the whole entire episode. So, uh, so here's something neat that I noticed. Uh, I'm going to call them Camp Sex. Okay. Camp Sex. Trevor, Montana, and Xavier are being stalked by Jingles. Camp No Sex. Donna, Brooke, Ray, and Chet are being stalked by the Night Stalker. And I like how Montana and Donna are being stalked by each other's killer that they've let loose in this place. I thought that was neat. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. The flaming bag of dog shit because it was a great laugh and it made me think of Billy Madison. Right. And that is always a good day when I think of Billy Madison. Do you have any other favorites? That's all I have. All right. So here are my questions moving forward. And if you have any predictions or questions, you know, throw them out here. Uh, My biggest question at this point is who built the pit? I have no idea. I think Donna's involved in this in more ways than one. But who built the pit? Yeah, because it just he didn't have time to get out there and like construction shop that, you know. Right. 
Uh, let's see. Did Jingles really massacre those people in 1970? That is maybe the biggest question of the whole series at this point. Because I feel like, again, Donna could be more involved than, mm-hmm. than we've been led to believe. Exactly. Uh, what's up with Chef Birdie? Uh, my favorite line in this was, uh, Chef Birdie's good people, Trevor <laughs> Kirshner. Anytime he opens his mouth, is gold. But what's up with Chef Birdie? Is she involved in this in any way? Because she sure did want to come back real oh, quick to I the know. camp. Is she related to Jingles? That is my prediction right now. She is related to Mr. Jingles. That's his sister. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Uh, so I've kind of said this already. What's up with Donna? She's just crazy. She's crazy, yeah. <laughs> and who else is in on this? That is my big question. See, that mean me too, because I go back and forth thinking that all of them are, you know, besides Brooke. And then I'm like, maybe it's just one or two of them, or I don't really know. What do you think? I I really don't know at this right. point. I, I It wouldn't surprise me if it turned out Brooke was the mastermind behind this entire thing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know either. I just, I guess we have to keep watching. This has really exceeded my expectations for fun, and the, in the... The reverence that they pay to this genre is really, I think, well done and mm-hmm. really kind of warms my heart because it's like they get it and I'm watching yeah. it going, oh, there it is. You know, like exactly. like they get it and it's it doesn't feel like a, a bad rehash. It's Mm-mm. like, no, we're putting in 1984. We're going to pay homage to these movies from 84 and we're going to have a, a good time doing this. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Me too. I look forward to actually when this show comes on and yeah. get to watch it. And that's that's kind of rare these days with a lot of shows. That Same here. On, you know, so. Same here. I'm glad they're doing justice to this genre. And, yes, because we love we love this genre absolutely. here, and we have several. We've done several slasher movies mm-hmm. on the late night fright. Uh, all of those are available wherever podcasts are found. We've hit Friday the Thirteenth, two Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. in uh, Elm Street and and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and some others. So they're out mm-hmm. there. I I love this genre. It's one of my favorite subgenres in horror movies, and I think they're doing a great job with it. And I hope that. They keep this up and we don't have a, you know, what the hell moment, right, you, know, exactly. you know, where we get let down. But no, this has been great so far. And uh, we are going to continue doing this for the season run of 1984. So be on the lookout for that every Tuesday here on Late Night Fright. And we are still doing Cage Match Mondays every Monday, at least for the next few weeks. And Faith, what do we do on Wednesdays, Faith? Our wonderful horror movies that we, we talk about. We do. The Late Night Fright proper where we talk about horror movies and all of those episodes are available wherever podcasts are found. So until next week, when we when we come back with answers and more questions. <laughs> um, I feel like I we get so many answers, but then I feel like I have more questions. Same here. Every episode. <laughs> Same here. So hopefully next week we'll have some more, uh, some more answers and more, and um, more questions, more opinions on where this might be going. But until then, I am Dan, and I am Faith, and we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side.